0: Welcome along to our look back on some alternative stories from the past week. I'm Lauren Armstrong. I'll be speaking to Lauren King about her early diagnosis of cancer and how she's turned her story into a book. She tells us about her experience dealing with the diagnosis as a teenager in school and how she's coped. I'll also be catching up with the voice of City, Richard Cadell, we talk about his city career beginning in 1998 as well as Creeley's new sooty land.
1: Devon Review with Lauren Armstrong
0: Lauren King was just 14 when she noticed a lump before being diagnosed with cancer. She spoke to us about how hard it was to lose her hair whilst receiving treatment and how she began writing a diary to document her thoughts and feelings, which she's now turned into a book with the help from her cousin.
2: So my story, I was just a normal 14-year-old girl um, back in 2001. I'm 35 now. I found a lump in my lower abs. At the time, I thought nothing of it. I thought I'd banged it on a table. There was not really much awareness of it. Just thought I'd done, you know, hit it or banged it. Thought nothing more. I was working as a waitress back then at the Cat and Fiddle in Exeter. My dad saw a gold ball-sized lump in my work skirt one day and just said, you know, what is that? and I thought oh I banged it dad you know it's fine no no you're not going to work we're going to get it checked out so of course we went to the doctor straight away and they assumed it was a cyst a hernia a gland all of the things that are quite common in those areas so I had an operation to have it taken out and at that time I was actually so excited to have my first operation at 14 miss a couple of days at school I thought it was quite cool (laughs) little did I know and then yeah so within a week of the summer holidays in year nine i had the results back and i was diagnosed with cancer and my whole world just fell apart and that that was the start of it really i've got my story out there now is because there was no social media there was no blogging there was no positive light or support online or anything like we have today so we have to take the positive there and i just remember being so alone in this world where okay I've got cancer all I've ever heard is horror stories basically went in had all the chat and I just thought all I thought as a teenager was am I going to lose my hair am I going to lose my hair and they said there's a 98% chance you will lose your hair and I thought yes 2% that's not going to be me I'm going to be fine (laughs) it won't fall out and just really naive to it but as things progressed, I had to go for every scan going, your MRI, your bone scan, your CT scan. It was just everything. I was one day to the next was scan, 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 just to check it wasn't everywhere. So as it happened, it was in my stomach and my chest area in my lymph nodes. So thank goodness for that lump, because that was the indicator. And if that hadn't have been there, it would have just grown and traveled all around my body. And I had to be treated in Bristol's Children's Hospital because Exeter weren't qualified enough or didn't have the drug from the chemotherapy protocol that I needed. So that was a slog. When you think about my mum had four children, I was the second eldest. I had two younger siblings and our whole lives just were turned upside down. So mum would come with me to Bristol's Children's Hospital for a week, intense chemotherapy. Then I'd have two weeks break and I'd go back for a week two weeks break and it went on like that for six months but in the two week break that was where my immune system would hit rock bottom and I was rarely at home for a day or two when I'd left Bristol I was back in Exeter on intravenous antibiotics my blood count would be on the floor and I'd get every infection going and it was touch and go a couple of times Um, but it's all in my diary so my diary came about where I had nothing to do I had nowhere to look, no one to really talk to other than my family and friends. So I would document my days in a diary. And being 35 now and having that documentation and evidence of what I went through, every now and then when life gets a bit much, I look back and think, oh my goodness, I had it really tough and I'm so grateful that I had everything written down. Every year I would think, oh my goodness, I want to make a book I want to make a story so that young teens going through cancer could see that there is light at the end of the tunnel even on their darkest days and I would look for ghostwriters. I would put it on my social media. Could anyone help? I wrote to charities. I spoke to numerous people and they said, we can't fund it because many people do survive, but we wish you the best in luck. Or a ghostwriter would want £100 a day for writing and it just wasn't feasible. So the story come about where my, in lockdown, we have to take the positive out of the lockdown and COVID. We were sat there and... My second cousin, who's an English teacher, she just wrote to me out of the blue and said, Lauren, I'd really like a project and I'd like to write your story for you. Would you be happy with that? And I jumped at it because she's amazing. She's so lovely, so good at her job. And she knows what all the teens of my age are reading because she's that age. um, That's who she teaches, that adolescence. High school students, English. Together, we were just a force to be reckoned with. I sent her all the diary, all my pictures, everything, and we just voice noted daily for months and months on WhatsApp. Thank goodness for technology. And we decided amongst us that it's not going to be an autobiography. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a famous person. Look at me. It was more. I want this as a story. So we have fabric bits in part. We've talked about family members, friends, but we've made it more of a teen novel just to engage the reader and make it a story. But everything is based on my true life events, So all the cancer parts are true. All my family and friends are named as true characters, but we've added some in. So that's where the story came about. And I'm so proud to say that we've published it now Um, on Amazon and it's out there and the feedback is unreal that I'm getting and it's just so humbling to know that this is what I wanted I've got cancer patients writing to me now for advice and it's just heartwarming to know that I can help them in any way because I was there once and I know how it feels to feel lonely and wish that you were out of this hole um, but it can come and there can be brighter days.
0: And finally this week, Richard Cadell told me about the new Sootyland attractions at Creeley. We also dive into city history as Richard reveals that Harry Corbett's original props, sets, and footage are available to view in the Sooty Walkthrough Museum at the East Devon attraction.
1: Well, do you know what? It's been the most emotional time because my involvement in the Sooty goes back, I think, like most people, to when I watched it on TV as a child. I never believed that I'd eventually present the show I've done it for the last 20 years, but I'm always conscious that I'm looking after Harry Corbett's and Matthew Corbett's little creations. So to actually take it from that in my tenure and to be part of Sootyland, you know, is beyond anything I could have dreamed of. So um, I'm extremely proud, very humbled. And most importantly, I had just the most brilliant time there.
0: Because you've been doing this since
1: 1998,
0: is that correct?
1: Well, yes, it is, though I did meet Sooty back in 1985. I was a guest on the TV show. Matthew Corbett asked me to come on and perform some magic tricks because I was a magician, a very young magician at the time. And um, when he retired in 1998, they were looking for someone to take over Sooty, to become his new right-hand man, if that's how you want to put it. And um, and, and they remembered me, thank goodness. And, uh, yeah, I've been you know alongside city sweep and sue on television and stage since 1998 now a long time but i've loved every second
0: you obviously made quite the impression then for them to well, ask for you to come back those years later
1: well i think you know it, it wasn't hard because you just have to love it and the Corbets, they loved that little bear, like, you know, like like, it was, like he was a child. He was part of the family. And that's how I view Sooty Sweep and Sue. I look at them like my kids. You know, they'll always be Harry Corbett's children in my eyes, but I'm the guardian of them. And I love them. And I just think they wanted somebody that loved it. And I would, I've would i been a lifelong fan of the show, and I made no secret about that when I came on as a guest. And I kept in touch with a few people after that one appearance in the 80s. Um and I think once they got me in and interviewed me and I sort of revealed that I'd gone to all the stage shows and that I'd followed it just as a fan I think that tipped the balance really um, you know so I think they thought okay he's mad enough <laughs> let's get him in the family <laughs> and I've been there ever since.
0: And, and just talking about C- Creeley uh, what can the listeners expect to see when, when they go when when they get back to Creeley what's, uh, what's standing out for you for the rides? Would
1: you just it up. It's what they can expect to see. I mean, yes, there's rides, and the kids will love the rides. There's a magic bus that flies in the air. There's aeroplanes that, that, that and all these rides instantly are family friendly. So mums and dads can go on with them. You know, there's a, uh, the planes. There's a little balloon ride. Balloon ride, and there's yes. A car ride and there's all that stuff but you summed it up in what they can see and this is what makes what Creeley have done at Sooty Land so special. Not only is all the theming and all the branding so lovely and a walk through museum so that you can see Harry Corbett's original props, you can watch footage of Harry and Matthew and see the scenery that was used in the television, it's the real stuff, it's all on display so you get to do that but the most important thing is you get to see the Sooty show there's a beautiful big top theatre with a live stage show and it runs Three times a day with Sooty Sweep and Sue doing all the usual malarkey and jokes and japes you'd expect, and then you get to meet Sooty afterwards in, these, in the camper van that's the actual one of on the TV. So it's more than just rides, it's so much more than just rides, um, and, and that's why all the family can enjoy it. It's not just for the kids.
0: It's so great to hear. It's so interactive. And I really like the fact that you can you can step back through time, really, can't you? And see the original props. Uh, How brilliant. How fantastic. Really nice. I really like that.
1: Well, I think, you know, it's important to remember, you know, ultimately, when you come to a wonderful place like Creeley, who's paying the admission price? It's the parents. So it's nice to be able to give something to, to the older generation that are principally there for a day out with the kids. And everybody grew up with Sooty. It's, it's not like some of these modern kids' TV shows that are great for this generation, but we haven't got a clue, the older folks, who they are. Everybody, I think, either watched the Sooty show or knew about it. And it's just a chance for people to go back in time and relive their childhood. And, and I was there on the opening day, and I was mingling with all the guests. And i just overheard so many of the old the parents and the grandparents saying oh this is like going back in time for us i remember this oh look at this and they're having as much fun if not more than the kids and to be able to tick that box is 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 a lovely a lovely thing to do
0: that's richard Cadell there that's all for the devon review this week and the devon review as a whole after more than 20 episodes of the podcast it's now time to put it in the past we hope you've enjoyed listening goodbye
1: 7 Review with Lauren Armstrong.